elders have invested, I should just, from March 15th on in 2020 through now, over a year, our elders have been heavily invested in ministry at Keystone, whether it was figuring out all of the COVID stuff, how to shut down, how to open back up. Our elders invested, I don't know how many hours, countless hours, because I've not counted them, countless hours, meetings. We typically meet twice a month, one for prayer, one for business. Uh, Over the past year, it's basically been three times a month, almost every week. In fact, some of the weeks, it's been multiple times per week for us to wrestle with how do we lead and shepherd this flock to lead, to care, to feed, to protect Keystone. And one of the big things that our elders feel the responsibility to do is to pass the baton from Pastor Keith to his successor. In order for us to have success in the next generation, we need to have success in succession. And so we posted a position in September of 2020. And through the fall, we received countless applicants and the elders looked at all of these candidates and started to ask the question, God, is this the man that you want to lead Keystone? Is this the man that you want to be the voice of Keystone? The man who will get up and from the scriptures help us to see how does the gospel intersect with the world that we live in? to serve in some ways as a bridge from the word into the world. And so through the fall, we narrowed that list down, kind of a funnel, narrowed it down. And in January, February, March, we started the process of interviewing. Uh, Some of them via Zoom, um, eventually down into person. Uh, In fact, if you were uh, extra, you have your eagle eye out a handful of weeks ago, you'd have realized that we brought in uh, an outside candidate um, from California believing that God had narrowed the list down to to two. So I want to invite up uh, Doug. Doug is our elder chairman. Our elder team consists of 10 men, seven non-staff elders, uh, and three staff elders. So Pastor Keith, Pastor Charlie, uh, and myself. And uh, those 10 men were a part of the process. And so, Doug, you've got an announcement to, to make that I think we want to hear. I purposefully looked around this room, and I want to thank you for your prayers. Um, Some time ago at a congregational meeting, we had the elders stand here, and the congregation gathered around us and prayed. And that was a firm foundation for us to stand on. So in all this that we have been through, we as an elder team have unanimously voted to bring before you Kyle Kaufman as our next pastor. There he is. Um, Some of you may have already known, and maybe some of you have already gone to an elder and say, hey, just nudged a bit. What about Kyle? You know, I'd be really excited if, if it was Kyle. Some of you don't know who Kyle is. Kyle has been on staff at Keystone for the last seven years, uh, working in our youth ministry, junior high and senior high. Uh, but he's actually been a part of Keystone even longer than that. He would have visited the first time in 2012, uh, I believe while he was still in school, because he did an internship with us in 2013. 
uh, worked with Pastor Keith and uh, myself uh, in the preaching realm. In fact, he preached a sermon uh, to Pastor Keith and me and Pastor Charlie, just a handful of people in, in the old auditorium. Um, and then he served a full year as a volunteer within the kids ministry, in, in the youth ministry while I was still youth pastor in 2013, 2014. And during this time, we have seen Kyle's gifts on display. I've often heard him teach, whether it was in the, the pulpit here or in uh, junior high or senior high, and thought to myself, oh, why didn't I say it like that when I was youth pastor? Illustrations, the, the way to connect God's word to the world that we live in, um, I am delighted uh, with the elders unanimous. We had to, our bylaws say, had to be all elders on board, vote 100% in favor of the candidate who we will recommend to the congregation. And so though that announcement's a big announcement, the work is not done yet. And so I wanna invite up uh, Kyle to just share briefly, um, in some ways maybe a little bit about your journey, uh, what you are excited about, about the potential of being Keystone's next preaching pastor um, and how God has worked to get you to this point. Yeah, you say briefly. I was told I had 20 minutes, uh, so we'll see. Uh, no, first of all, I just want to say, honestly, it is an incredible honor, uh, and I feel incredibly humbled as well uh, to be recommended by the elders as potentially the next preaching pastor at Keystone. Uh, also, I want to say I know many of you have been praying for me because you've told me that uh, over the last months. And I want to say thank you from Bree and I because that's meant so much to us as well as we've tried to work through this. Uh, I've said time and time again, I've used the cliche, uh, potentially becoming Keystone's next preaching pastor feels like stepping into big shoes. Keith leaves behind a big legacy. And so I feel both the honor of it and the weight of it. Uh, I, I agree with what Brandon said last week. Of, it's a big deal is a big deal. Uh, it is a big milestone for Keystone as well as uh, in my own life. And so I think milestones are, are really a good opportunity to be able to reflect back a little bit on God's faithfulness and goodness in the past and also look forward with excitement to what he might do in the future. Uh, and so for just a couple minutes, that's what I want to do with you this morning. I want to be able to reflect back give you kind of an inside look at the journey from my perspective, uh, why I felt God calling me to this position, uh, as well as look forward and tell you why I'm excited to be the next preaching pastor pending the, or the, the congregational vote, obviously. Uh, there, there are, I think, moments probably in, in your life, my life, that you don't forget, that stick with you forever. Uh, it might be a, a first date, uh, it might be a wedding day, it might be meeting your child for the first time, uh, it might be the night that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Uh, for me, one of those happened two and a half years ago, actually more than two and a half years ago because it was before we uh, adopted our son. When I met Doug Smoker at a little diner in Bridgeport at about six o'clock in the morning, and it was at that diner that Doug asked me, would you have interest or do you think you would apply for the preaching pastor when it opens up? 
uh, when the application process starts. Making it clear, that's going to be an extensive process. It's going to be a process where we look at lots of candidates, but just wondering, is it something you think you would be interested in? And, and it had crossed my mind a couple times before that, uh, but since that moment in the past two and a half years, I have thought about it a lot. Uh, Bree and I have spent countless hours praying, asking, God, is this what you want us to do? Uh, I've written my thoughts out. I've prayed my thoughts out over and over trying to discern, God, is this what you're calling us to? Uh, and there was never any writing in the sky. There was never any message in a bottle for me. Uh, there was never any staff that turned into a snake to tell me this is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, but I feel like every step of the way, as I look back, I see God confirming this is the direction he's leading us to. This is what he's calling me to. Uh, over the past two and a half years, as I preached, I feel like God has used those moments to confirm this is where I'm calling. This is where I'm directing you, Kyle. Uh, as Bree and I have prayed, I feel like he's given us a peace and a confidence. This is where I'm directing you. When time came to apply last fall, I felt like this is a step of obedience, a step of faith, a step of risk to apply and then to trust our elders to discern whether this is actually what God's calling me to or not, to sift through the 85 applicants and figure out who is uh, God calling to be at Keystone. And so I applied and then waited for months and then had a first interview, which I don't think I slept very much that night beforehand. And yet God used that interview to confirm again for me, this is where I'm calling you, Kyle. Keep going. Uh, and so then, again, I waited. Uh, and a couple months later, had another interview uh, that I slept before, but I had a very nerve-wracking week leading up to that. I felt like, again, it was, okay, this is where I'm calling you, Kyle. This is where I'm directing you. And so I was able to just have peace after that, trusting, okay, God, you will use the elders either to confirm or deny that this is actually what you're calling me to. Uh, and so later that week, Doug Smoker again called me and wanted to meet in the after, later that afternoon, saying the elders made a decision, uh, giving me absolutely zero indication to what that decision was. So I got nothing accomplished for three hours that day and paced the church hallways. Uh, but I also talked to Bree during that time, and we both kind of said, as we prayed, we talked, either way, this is an answer to our prayers. We prayed that God would use the elders to come to a quick and unanimous decision to either confirm this is what I'm calling you to or deny it. And so either way, this is an answer to God's prayer. Uh, and when I met with Doug and Brandon that afternoon and Doug shared that the elders had decided to recommend me, uh, it was an amazing moment because it felt like this is God again confirming what Bree and I have felt like over the past year he's been leading us to. Uh, but I also should share that I don't think God's calling to this moment in my life starts two and a half years ago, I would look back farther to about eight and a half years ago. Because I, I don't believe I can separate God's calling to this moment in this position potentially with his calling of me to Keystone. Uh, and so like Brandon said, eight and a half years ago, my wife and I came to Keystone for the first time. And I remember that Sunday pretty clearly, both because uh, Keith preached on does evolution match up with the scriptures, uh, as well as because it was in the uh, youth center and it was almost impossible to get out of your lobby afterwards at the service overs because it was so full in there. And after that day, soon after that day, I started an internship at Keystone. 
uh, for my pastoral degree at El Lancaster Bible College that I was working on. And God used that process, that time, for Bree and I to fall in love with Keystone. Like many of you, uh, we stuck around because of Keith's biblical preaching. The, the best way I can describe it, it, it was like every Sunday receiving a glass of cool water after coming in out of the heat all week long. And we fell in love. And we fell in love with the people. Uh, Charlie pushed us to start a care group soon after we were here. And, and we developed a close group of friends that we still have to this day. Uh, and then we served under Brandon in the youth ministry. And again, God used that to confirm, this is the church where I want you, as well as to, in that time, uh, call me to, I, I want you to apply for the youth pastor position, which also felt like a big risk and felt like big shoes to fill. And yet I can look back and see how God has been faithful and gracious through the past seven years, uh, continuing to confirm, this is the church where I want you. And so when it came time to apply for the preaching pastor position, potentially, uh, again, feeling like a risk, but feeling like this is where God is directing us, and this is the church that he wants us at. Uh, and so I would say my calling, I feel like, to preach can't be separated from my calling to Keystone and the fact that I love this church so much. And so I'd say I, I look back and I see God providentially guiding everything up to this point. But I also don't, don't just want to look back with you, but look forward and tell you four reasons why I'm excited to potentially be the next preaching pastor, uh, if you confirm it at the congregational meeting. One is because I love God's word. If I didn't love God's word, there'd be no point in me pursuing this. But I believe God's word is powerful, and I believe it changes people drastically. Uh, I see that truth in Hebrews 4.12, especially, where the author says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. God speaks and things happen. That's a consistent theme of the Bible. God's word changes people over time or in an instant. And that's something that I can look back of and have testimony of. That's true in my own life. Because I think about 18-year-old Kyle. As an 18-year-old, I was distant from God, didn't really want anything to do with God. And so my first year out of high school, uh, I was working for an Amish framing company. Uh, so naturally, out of my, fir my first year out of high school, I also picked up archery hunting because I found out archery season is like a holiday for a Amish framing company. <laughs> but I, wanted to, I, I can't just sit in a tree stand for like four hours at a time and do something, so I wanted something to do. Uh, so randomly, uh, although not randomly because my parents and many others have been praying for me, decided I'm going to pick up this Bible that I haven't read in years, take it with me out into the tree stand while I wait to take down a trophy buck uh, and read this. And two things happened. Uh, one, I didn't take down a trophy buck. Uh, two, God spoke. And God changed me. And God showed me he's real. And he showed me my need for him. And he showed me how great he is and how great the gospel is. Just in starting to read through the book of Genesis. God's word is incredibly powerful. And I know that's a truth that many of you know and have experienced personally. Just through Pastor Keith's preaching. That you can look back and see how you've been changed. Maybe you can't identify specifically, but know that I'm different today 
because of sitting under Keith's preaching week in, week out. Because week in, week out, year after year, Keith has faithfully sought to understand the scriptures, preach them to us, and trust God's spirit to move. And I think you could look in your own life if you've been here for any amount of time and see how God has done that because he uses his word. I'm excited to preach because I firmly believe God's word changes people. Even if we don't see the immediate results, God's word changes people. And I hope that's an encouragement, not just to me, but to you as you think about your own use of God's word in reading it, in sharing it with your kids, in teaching it, in studying it together, that you may not always see the immediate results, but can trust this is something God uses over and over again. It's powerful. The second reason I would say I'm excited to potentially be Keystone's next preaching pastor is because I love the gospel, which is, I think, just another way of saying I love Jesus. Because without Jesus, there is no good news. There's ultimately just bad news. And yet in Jesus, because of his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, there is only good news for us who believe in it. Good news that we're completely forgiven, completely made right with God, that all judgment, all wrath is taken away, and that all we can ever expect from God is goodness and grace forever. That's an incredibly powerful message that changes people forever when they repent and believe in it, but also transforms us as we hear it over and over and over again and hear it applied to the different aspects of our lives. I love what Paul says in Romans 1.16, verse that's familiar to probably lots of you. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power for salvation to everyone who believes. I believe God unleashes his power to change and save people every time, every time the gospel is proclaimed. That it changes our hearts, it changes our minds, it changes our actions because he uses the message of what Christ has done to transform us. I think what, what could be better, what could be better than to, whether it's to proclaim it from up here or to proclaim it in your homes or your workplaces or your communities over and over again and apply it to all our doubts, our struggles, our temptations and watch God's power unleash through it. That's, that makes me extremely excited. Number three, because I love the church. I think the church is an amazing marvel, I might put it. Greater than any building, greater than any piece of artwork, greater than anything we might find in this world. Uh, I love when Paul's talking in Ephesians 3.10, he's talking about the wonder of the Gentiles believing the gospel, being included in the church. And he says this about the church, that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. I think of when God wants to display his wisdom, his unsearchable, unfathomable wisdom, where does he point to? To the church. That, think about it, he could point to Mount Everest, he could point to Niagara Falls, he could point to Michael Jordan and say, look, I made this. And instead, he points to the local church and says, look at how great I am. For look, look at Keystone Church. Look at every other local church that is faithful to me. Look at how great I am. 
When, th- when we gather together on a Sunday morning, it's as if God is flexing to anyone who will watch all the spiritual powers and saying, look at how awesome I am. I, right now, my, my son uh, loves to play on a little like basketball hoop, and sometimes he likes to do a slam dunk. I don't know if this is good parenting or not, but every time he slams dunks, I tell him, all right, now you've got to flex and show your muscles. <laughs> and I think the church, if we can put it this way, if it's not too irreverent, is like God over and over slam dunking, flexing his muscles and saying, look at how great I am. Look, look at these people. Look, I took people who wanted nothing to do with me, who were my enemies, and I made myself the chief object of their affection. Look at how happy they are in me. Look at this. Look at how great I am. I, I don't think we could ever grasp just how great the church is and how much God loves the church. And because of that, I would say I love the church. But also I love Keystone Church particularly. I, I said that earlier, but I just want to reemphasize that as much as I can. I love what we're about. The Bible, the gospel, uh, missions to the unreached, reaching the next generation, adoption, foster care, and more. I love the staff and the elders at Keystone. Keystone has incredible leaders who love Christ and love the church, and that absolutely begins with Keith, but I would say that by no means ends with Keith. That's across the board in leaders and elders here at Keystone. Uh, I love the people here. My closest friends are at Keystone now because I've been here so long. I would say my home, my, my family is at Keystone. And I love the, just the ministry of the church. Again, like many of you, I've been impacted by the ministry of the church. Keystone is an incredibly caring, supporting, loving church. And, and I would say just because I may potentially be stepping into a preaching pastor role, I still view myself just as much just as desperately in need as everyone else of the ministry of the local church. And I want that to be keystone for as long as God would call me here. It's not that we're a perfect church. We definitely have room to grow. Uh, Our youth pastor sometimes kills the grass when he puts down a slip and slide. Some other stuff happens. We have flaws like any church, but I believe this is a place that God's at work using us, building his kingdom, changing us all for his glory. And I get excited excited to keep being a part of that. Uh, and lastly, number four, why I'm excited, because I believe God's grace will be sufficient. I'll just say it again. I know Keith retiring and a new preaching pastor stepping in is a massive deal. I know that it's a huge milestone in Keystone's history, and the, the weight of that isn't lost on me. And if, I, if I'm honest, Sometimes that weight can feel crushing, but only because I forget in those moments the fact of how great and sufficient God's grace is for us. I, I'll t- I don't trust my own ability. Yes, I believe God's gifted me as a preacher, otherwise I wouldn't have pursued this, but I don't trust my own ability. I trust God's ability to take inadequate, weak people and use them for his glory. I love what Paul says in Corinthians. Uh, I forget which Corinthians, but chapter 3. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit.
none of us, none of us, myself included, is sufficient for whatever ministry God calls us to in the church, in the home, in the community. But our sufficiency comes from God making us sufficient to do that. Again, I, I know the change in preaching pastors is a massive deal, but I also believe and know God's grace is sufficiently more massive. Like God's grace is all we need to be able to carry out the work that he's called us to. And so I would just say again, it is a great honor, and I feel humbled to be recommended to you guys for your vote at the congregational meeting. Uh, I look back and see God's hand all over this process in my own life, and I would say I look forward and I'm excited to continue to see his hand at work at Keystone. Thank you. The process is not over. Uh, our bylaws stipulate that the elders must recommend a candidate for succession. Uh, Kyle, you don't need to stay up here with me. Uh, must recommend a candidate 100% to the congregation, and then our membership, in order to uh, pass the baton to the successor, must vote. We must have a 50% quorum and an 85% uh, majority vote to make that happen. So the elders are going to do two things. We're going to have two meetings in the next month or so. On May 24th, that's a Monday at 7 o'clock, we will host a informational meeting. No voting. Uh, the elders just have more information to share about uh, both the process with, with Kyle. Uh, I want to share, or uh, I want Pastor Keith to share from his perspective uh, how he's feeling about succession, what the Lord has for him in the future, um, and whatever. There's just a lot of moving parts that we want to share with you, and allow you to ask us questions about it so that the, the Spirit of God might work in your own hearts and your own minds to eventually be able to make the vote on, January, or on June 7th at 7 o'clock, another Monday night. And so over the next month, we trust that the Holy Spirit that was working in Kyle and in the elder team uh, might confirm the decisions that have been made uh, over the past few months uh, and, and have the congregation embrace a plan moving forward. And so I want to uh, call us over the next few weeks uh, to be praying that, that God would have you fully convinced um, whether or not uh, God is calling Kyle to be Keith's successor as preaching pastor. So in the same way that I invited you to stand uh, as we prayed for the parents of the next generation, I want you to stand uh, collectively uh, as we um, bring this decision into the Lord's hands. Father, we want to worship you this morning for your supreme vision that you know all, you are in awe, you, you surround eternity, hold the universe in your hands, that even though it feels like a big milestone in the life of Keystone, this is small beans in your hands. And yet you care about small beings. You care about these decisions. And Father, I pray that you would help us as a congregation to sense your next step for us. That as a congregation, we might with one united voice say, yes, this is who you have to be the, the voice of your word to us as a people for years, decades to come. Father, I have seen how you have directed the elder team as we did a nationwide search and saw people from every background, every state, it seemed like, put forth their 
bid for this position and you bless the, the work, the hard work of perusing all of these people, Lord, we have seen that you have made the decisions easy. You have narrowed the list and you have convinced every elder that your plan for us moving forward is with Pastor Kyle Kaufman as our preaching pastor. I pray that in the coming weeks you would confirm that call so that we can step forward in faith into the next generation. Lord, help us to worship you as we end this service in Jesus' name. Amen.